So, you know, we have a really interesting topic this month. Um, I know when you think about clicks and clickbait, right, you want to come up with the sexy headlines and the sexy topics. But, you know, on cybersecurity, it's in the nitty gritty where all sorts of bad things happen. And so what we're talking about this month is, is relevant. Um, it's about open directory listings and um, just the data exposure risks around open directory listings. And I got to admit, when I saw that, I was kind of like, all right, I'm not quite sure what this is all about. But a recent report by um, an organization called Census came out and they had found 314,000 distinct internet connected devices and web servers with open directory listings. Mm -hmm. So from my very simplistic thinking, right, this leaves data discoverable, it leaves it um, in a position to be exploitable. But um, it also seems like this is a very old problem, yet it's still plaguing us. So can yeah. you kind of give us the backstory? And it's like, what what is this? Why is it relevant? And why are we in 2023 and, and continue to face this? Um, great question. There's a, there's a handful of factors that led to directory listings becoming a problem. Uh, one of them was that we were putting these web servers out back in the late 80s, 90s, that we didn't know much about HTML and all that. And we didn't know that there were any place we have files in a directory. Somebody can go and browse that directory and see it. So fast forward, we started creating controls and policies and uh, web controls that help protect against directory browsing and rules that prevented crawling those things so that we can have better control over directories that are on the public. Now, web pages were not that big a deal. So if you had you know, a website and you had web pages, those were meant to be looked at. But let's say you had um, all of your code behind a form that allowed you to download a version of your software for your customers. But in the only way you gave them that link was you had to fill out the form. If that directory was not blocked from browsing, anybody could go there and grab it and get your software for free. Mm -hmm. That's one example. So that problem became an issue. It, we, we dealt with it. We did address it as we fast forwarded. Fast forward to about five years ago, Amazon put out these amazing tools and services that allow us to build websites on their platform as opposed to building our own servers. And they built this really cool technology based on object store called S3. And S3 allows us to create files that we put into a, a space in these object stores that allow us to leverage those in our websites and whatever we're doing, use them as logs. But the default configuration when you set up a bucket in S3 was that it would be browsable by the internet. Mm. So tons of people set up buckets that were supposed to be internal focus, that were supposed to be protected, that were not, and everybody got access to it. They got access to their source code. They got access to keys that they used in their code for API connections for whatever. So lots of exposures. Fast forward to today, where we think we've solved all these things. Amazon made a change and said, we're not going to do this anymore. The default setting is off and you have to turn it on mm -hmm. if you think you want to turn it on. Um, and other cloud providers followed suit as soon as they learned from Amazon's uh, mistake. Mm -hmm. But um, fast forward to this census survey. Um, they basically, their job is to go out and um, scan assets on the and, and find out what ports are uh, on those things, what services they're running so that they can track what's on the internet, basically. So 
they found over 300,000 distinct nodes, which is web servers is one way to think about it, um, that had open directories, even in today's world. And that was over many countries, not just one area of focus. Mm -hmm. Of that, they found uh, uh, hundreds of files that uh, were hundreds of directories that had database files and uh, uh, spreadsheets. So these are potentially database backups there, but whatever they are, they probably have some sort of company asset information in them or uh, proprietary data that you don't want to leak. They found 9,000 files that by the file name look like they were financial data. Mm. And they found thousands of files that look like other critical things, like um, they might've had authentication, they might've mm -hmm. had password controls. Mm -hmm. they, there is a lot of different, different little factors that made up. So why is this a problem? Because now you just save the bad actors from having to get in your environment and exfiltrate data all they have to do is copy that stuff out and then they don't have to spend cycles trying to find the data. They can just jump into your network and encrypt the data and charge you a ransom or they don't even have to encrypt the data. They can just publish that data and cause you all kinds of grief from with regards to your reputation against customers, all that. So it is a pretty significant problem that makes the hacker's job easy, honestly, and it's, and it's a simple thing to fix. Um, uh, what I didn't see in that census report was the um, any information about how someone could find out if they're on the list. Right. right. <laughs> and, and that would be the ideal next best thing. Um, bar that, though, um, people should like look to see, do I have any open directories and make those scans themselves, hire a pen testing, so somebody to come and do a pen test and evaluate uh, before the bad actors find it is, mm -hmm. the, is the short answer. There's ultimately three major problems with this. Number one, if you have credentials in a file, and like I said, there were thousands of files that looked like they had credential data, they don't have to go and try to do phishing and spoofing and impersonation mm -hmm. and all the things to get somebody's password. They've got your credential files there. Mm -hmm. If you've got um, uh, artifacts from your development, they, for example, an API key into your environment, again, that's another way they can get into your environment and get access to data, not have to steal somebody's credentials and spend all the cycles trying to fish and everything else. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I mentioned already, which is if they have that data, they've already exfiltrated the data. They're not having to come into your network, break in, do the phishing. So we really are making their job super easy mm -hmm. when, when we do this. And we're putting our reputation uh, as individual companies on the line by having that data be leaked and put out on the dark web. When you mentioned those three areas, right, is there a best practice? Is there something that an organization ought to do different? Or is there something that they ought to do, like when you think of credentials, when you think about your APIs? Is there a way um, that they ought to think about creating them, storing them in a way that protects them more than maybe they are today? Um, so the, the short answer is you shouldn't keep credentials. Like if, we do, if we're talking about just that small universe, you should not keep credentials in files anywhere. It's, it just should not happen. Um, honestly, I would, if I could, take credentials out of Active Directory. Mm -hmm. it's the, the reality is any file that a hacker can get their hand onto, they can figure out how to decrypt and how to get to the information. There's, and I'll talk about a next level problem uh, five years from now, not today, 
but with all this same data in a second. But that credential data should never, it's it's like, for example, if, uh, if you remember back to when the Hawaii missile alert system went off and everybody thought in Hawaii they were getting bombed mm -hmm. and it ended up being a hoax and a hack. The way that the hacker got into those systems and send out that message was because there was an interview of the guy who works those systems and behind him was his computer with a sticky note with his password on it. Do not write your password down anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why we have password systems. There's plenty of them out there. There's, you know, there's a few of them who've been heavily targeted uh, in the past couple of years and, and people are scared, but don't be scared of password management systems. They're much better than any sticky note you're gonna put on your mm -hmm. computer and anybody can walk up and grab that password. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there are better ways to do things, right? But, but we know that there's part of the general public that will continue to do what they do for convenience right. sake. Um, is, is the census database or the census report, is this the only way that the bad guys find open directories or, you know, are they out there trolling and looking like, do they have a they methodology the where they're doing it on their own like i mean i know census is something they've they've exposed it and, and they're reporting on it but is there are the bad guys kind of actively looking for this anyway it's the same mechanism they're they're doing the same thing the mm -hmm. census people did so they're out there looking for open directories that's one of the things they do um, in addition to the phishing we described where they're trying to get credentials for an environment one of the biggest um, known attacks right now is, or most used method for getting into an environment, more accurately stated, is getting somebody's credentials, using those on their VPN solutions. Cisco's been hit with a lot of vulnerabilities in their VPN uh, solution. So using those to get through the VPN into the environment, and then once they're inside the environment, then they start doing uh, credential capture, uh, uh, and once they have a password that looks like it's a domain controller, then they start doing any elevation of privilege, causing problems with that domain admin credential. So their goal is first to get into the network. Then from there, it's to get credentials that allow them to do what they need to do. And then there's a bunch of tactics they can take, like credential stuffing and other things, hash passing. And they're able to take that simple phished credential for the front desk admin and turn it into something mm -hmm. that causes you grief as a company. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like the open directory is a gateway in, right? I mean, we kind of rethink about a house or a castle or whatever, right? If something is unlocked or open, right? Someone's going to find a way to get in. A better analysis or analogy is imagine that you put all of your bank statements in boxes in your garage but you leave your garage door open. Hmm. You don't like closing it because it makes a lot of noise. Or you forgot. Right. Well, that's, that's the analogy here. You've got a place where you're storing stuff and you have most likely inadvertently or through configuration mistakes, left the door open for the bad actor to walk in and grab a box and leave. Well, that, that kind of leads me to my next question. So it seems like maybe there are two approaches here. Um, one is how do I find out if I'm exposed? And so um, it sounds like 
um, some kind of vulnerability testing or, or configure, you know, when, when things either have configuration drift or things are misconfigured, that there should be an initial audit of that, but then something ongoing that can alert you. So, you know, option one is kind of identify, remediate right away. But then is there is there something on top of that, which it sounds like there is, right? If someone does happen to get in, how is it that you create kind of those next layers of defense to slow them down? What would you say on each of those scenarios? What would you recommend people think about? So this this scenario that we're talking about today, open directories, there's no protection. But it's if you left the garage door open, they're gonna walk in and grab your boxes and walk away. And Maybe you caught them on camera, but they got your boxes and left. The reality is there is no uh, way to protect against this because it's literally an open door. Mm -hmm. um, how do you find out? Let's go back to the first thing it is um, vulnerability scan alone isn't going to do it because it's not a vulnerability. You just left the door open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's not like the lock is broken. You left the door open. Right. Um, so you, this is a pen test and the pen tester is part of their pen testing. And this is not a typical synthetic pen test. Don't find these kinds of things. You want to find, you want to do a manual human-based pen test where um, uh, red teaming individuals are going to be looking for things like this. They're going to be scanning all your assets. They're looking at all your IP addresses. They're looking to see, is there anything I could get into? They will find open directories in most, if they're reputable, decent penetration testing team, they should find any open directories you have. Um, then you need to understand why is it open. Mm -hmm. So the way to solve this is it's more like the develop in the development space. We've over the last few years, everybody's probably hearing the term shift left and shift left means shift security to the beginning of the development cycle as opposed to after development started. Mm. And the context is the same here from an IT because a lot of what we do today is um, built in a DevOps construct. So DevSecOps has to all be part of our mindset and shifting that security left and asking the question, when you create a bucket, when you create a directory on a file server, on a, on a web server, who has access? What's the controls to it? Is it publicly available? Um, those are questions that have to be done every time you build something. And, and the risk assessment that comes out of that penetration testing and the management of those risks is how you solve this problem. But let's say, for example, that this was um, you were on a service um, like ours that, uh, that does more than the average bear. And um, we do cloud posture management as part of the service. And we're scanning your cloud infrastructure and we see open S3 buckets. Um, or, or we're scanning your external facing assets and we show you what we found. And one of the things you'll see there is graphics of the web pages that we've seen. One of those pictures would be a directory listing of files. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if your S3 buckets are open to the public, we would let you know those S3 buckets are open to the public and that's a bad configuration. Are you mm -hmm. sure you want to do this? Mm -hmm. So there are there are ways to monitor for this, but prevent it? No, it's a human configuration change. It's there's there's not an automated process or a tool that can block or prevent access to an open directory. Got it. Got it. Um yeah, right. So I mean I keep going back to the garage door, right? If it's open, it's open and 
multiple layers of security aren't going to block an open garage. So that that makes sense. You can hire two armed guards to stand out there, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's that the, if they fall asleep, it's that, that same notion. Yeah. So ultimately, I think that the biggest challenge with this scenario is that most people aren't even aware mm -hmm. that the garage door is open. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was surprised just even reading through it and learning about it. I thought this is something, and it, and this is the way cybersecurity is, right? It's um, the devils in the details, literally, <laughs> um, because there are all sorts of ways that adversaries find to get in that, that you know, maybe not through neglect, it's through, to your point, you've built something, you're deploying something, and maybe you think about security last, or maybe... Um, someone stands something up that you're not aware of as a security professional, and all of a sudden the garage door is open and you don't know. Mm -hmm. So um, there's so many things an organization needs to think about that they're maybe not trained to methodically think about. And I love that idea of shifting left, which is security has to come first, mm -hmm. right? You know, as you think about it, as you're building, as you're deploying. And I wonder how you share that mindset with people outside of your core IT team who might be deploying these things or rolling these things out at the organization's peril. It isn't, it isn't IT that's typically the challenge here. Um, this is mostly development that mm. causes problems like this because the IT team might build the web server. They, they might spin up the resources that the developers are going to use. But let me give you a very simple scenario for how this configuration change could happen. Developers building a new website, and let's just pick a category. They're building a tax website, and you have the ability to upload your files and then go back and see your files later. But for whatever reason, their application isn't working in their development cycles. They're not able to show the files, but they're able to upload them. So they decide, let's expose it to the internet, see if that fixes it. Sure enough, it fixed the problem, but you just open the garage mm -hmm. door. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever goes back and changes that. Mm -hmm. And and IT has no idea. Security has no idea unless they're using tools like what I described to be monitoring the configurations and, and looking to see what open buckets do I have, what uh, scanning the web servers and looking at all that. So the, the, it's a very simple, and, and this happens in IT too, and I'll explain it in a different way. What, what happens is it's something is blocking my access to do what I'm supposed to mm -hmm. do. Let's just open everything up. Right. Let's open up all the doors and shutters and let's see if it works. Oh, it works. Great. Yeah, we're going to go back and close the doors and shutters that we didn't need to open. Mm -hmm. But we never get around to it. And, mm -hmm. we, and that's, I've mentioned technical debt before. That's an example of technical debt. This is a configuration debt issue. That is, we changed the config to be wide open instead of closed. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens on networks. That's why we've talked about segmentation in the past where people will try to create segmentations and VLANs and all that. And pretty soon application A doesn't work. So let's open up a hole. That didn't work. You mm -hmm. know what, just make it, open the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for this. We got to get this done. Mm -hmm. The VP's down our neck, the CEO's pissed off. Let's make, let's just open the communication. It's inside our network anyway. Mm -hmm. And now you have an open flat network. Mm. So these configuration problems are very easy to expose and very difficult to identify. Mm. And the only way to the only way to be able to continuously understand is number one, monitor for anomalous behavior. So you see something that's different than normal, which is what we bring to the table. Number two, 
put better security controls in. So it's not easy to do this and it's easy mm -hmm. to make changes like our, our uh, NDR offering, which is system to system segmentation, takes the network virtualization layer up and allows you to do that in a policy-based model so that if there's something you want to allow, you simply say, allow this to get to this and these processes in, in English and boom, it sets up all the underlying network features that allow that. Similarly, have change control for changing mm -hmm. configuration in the cloud. When you're trying to build a new application, have somebody come in after the fact and do a pen test of the application before you launch it. When you add a new feature, have that feature evaluated because it's very easy to make these mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it's not its not like the poor developer meant to sure. expose the company's sure. assets, right. but they didn't realize how big of a problem that is. Because right. that's, not, that's not their... They haven't shifted left. That's not right. their mindset. Right, right. Um, well, I love spending time with you every time we do this because there's some new idea or phrase that I take away from this, and I would imagine it's valuable um, to our audience. I mean, really, this is what these talks are all about. Um, you know, bringing issues to the table. Some issues are what everybody's talking about. Some issues are maybe um, what people aren't talking enough about. And really exposing that information to our audience and um, and giving them some food for thought. You know, hey, how do I feel about my organization? How do I feel about um, how I stack up in this area? And as always, um, you know, we're happy to help. And um, so, as as an organization out there, if this is something you're thinking about and thinking, wow, this was not even on my radar. Um, and, and we know with cybersecurity, that's what happens, right? These things pop up like whack-a-mole and now all of a sudden it's urgent and you got to fix it. I thought I had that covered. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So um, so if this is something that all of a sudden you're thinking about and saying, gosh, I wouldn't even know how to know, um, please reach out to us. Um, we have different types of um, health checks and analysis that we can that we can help run. We can have a conversation with you. Um, you know, let you kind of into our brain trust. And we, we do consider a lot of these as, as PSAs, right? There's a lot that's going on out there that, um, that the only way we're going to help solve it is to shed some more light on it. So thank you. Um, this was great. And shift left is, is my new thinking for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, we will see you next month. Thanks everyone.